Welcome to the Raising Sons podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Rochelle Whitaker, but you can call me Dr. Shell. I'm a parenting advisor, educational psychologist, licensed maternal mental health therapist, and mom. On this podcast, we'll cover everything you need to know about raising sons. Now, let's get into the show. Hey, hey, it's Dr. Shell with another episode of the Raising Sons podcast. Today, we're talking about raising children with learning disabilities. And so let's just get into it. So as a parent, when you begin to suspect that your child has some type of disability, that things just aren't quite right, it's important that you pursue finding out what that thing is. You know, sometimes other people will talk you out of, oh, it's just growing pains, or, you know, maybe he just needs a tutor, or he just needs additional help. I don't really think that you need to have him evaluated. You don't really want to put him in that category where he needs special education services. There's a whole litany of reasons why you cannot get your child evaluated. But you as a parent know your child better than anyone else. And so if you are suspecting that your child is struggling and that, you know, maybe things are just more difficult for them, it is imperative that you at least get them evaluated and find out what you're feeling and what your thoughts are are accurate. So you'll want to start there. I think it's important that parents deal with whatever is keeping them, whatever barrier is keeping them from wanting to pursue or find out if there's actually something wrong. And so listening, trusting yourself, trusting, you know, the spirit within you, your inner voice to really pursue what could be going on with your child. And so once you pursue finding out, getting an evaluation, then the next thing that you want to do is embrace a disability, not as a limitation, but as a difference. How you view the disability is how your child will view the disability. How you kind of put it together for yourself is, again, how they'll put it together for them. And so what you want to do is make sure that, one, that you have pursued this feeling that you have that something isn't quite right. Then once you've done that, you want to embrace it, not as a limitation, but as a difference. You want to process all of the feelings that you have with, you know, having a child with a learning disability. Maybe it's not what you anticipated, but it doesn't have to be this negative thing that your child won't ascribe to be, you know, the next president of the United States. It doesn't mean that. And so taking all the limitations off that you have maybe now placed on them because of this learning disability. Also, not allowing yourself or your child to excuse the expectations that you have for them or they have for themselves because they have this disability. So maybe, you know, they don't try 100% or they make excuses. And so holding them to the same standard that you would hold, you know, your other child or any other child that doesn't have a disability, you want to hold them to the same standard. However, you want to hold them to these standards, knowing that they need additional help, additional time, they need other ways to maybe learn. And so keeping that in mind, but still having these high expectations for them and, say, and letting them know that they can still accomplish whatever it is they want to accomplish. It just may take them longer. It may take more work. It may take more time. It may take having you know a tutor or an interventionist provide additional services for them to accomplish whatever it is that they are trying to accomplish. So if you have a child that has a learning disability, you may want to find a tutor for them or have them serviced at school. And so services at school can look like a myriad of different things. And so it's figuring out what your son or daughter needs 
in terms of services or interventions to help them to be successful. Some of those services that you may be able to access on the campus is pull out. So maybe your child is pulled out for whatever specific area that they have struggles with. So maybe what that looks like is they have difficulty with reading comprehension. And so they have a resource teacher or a special education teacher that pulls the child out, meaning they take them out of the classroom and they work with them on reading comprehension. Or maybe you have a special education teacher that's in their classroom with them, not with them specifically. The special education teacher, a lot of times are called inclusion teachers or co-teachers. They're in the class with the teacher for that period because they're students who have learning disabilities. And this teacher provides additional services, not just to your child, but to any other child that may need assistance in the classroom that has a learning disability. So it can look like being pulled out. It can look like being serviced inside the classroom. Every school district offers different services. So it could also look like content mastery, where there are a group of students that are pulled out at certain times in the day to work on things that they're struggling with. So they pulled out into a classroom with a special education teacher and all the students in the classroom may be working on a different subject, but that teacher is in there to help them on whatever their specific needs are. Again, it can look very different. And so it's important that as a parent, you know what is most helpful for your child. It can also look like tutoring outside of school. So maybe they're not getting service in the school in service in the way that they're being pulled out or another teacher is helping. Maybe they're under 504 and they're getting accommodations, meaning they're getting extended time. They're getting extra time on test, different things like that to accommodate their learning. And so you're helping them with their specific learning disability outside of school. So maybe they're getting tutoring in that specific area. And so you want to make sure that you are aware of what their needs are so that you can determine what type of intervention or assistance they need to help them to succeed in the school environment. One of the things that comes to mind is, he may not have had a learning disability, but one of the things that comes to mind is the movie with Michael Orr, the football player. The name of the movie is The Blind Side, but he was kind of taken in by a white family and they provided him with a tutor. He was behind He was going to this private school because he was like super tall and super big and they brought him in to play football. But academically, he was severely behind. And so they got a tutor to work with him to kind of, you know, bring him up to speed, per se. It took a lot of work. It took a lot of encouraging. It took a lot of, you know, one on one with him to help him to get to the level that he needed to get to. When I say tutoring, that may be what it looks like. It's really intensive tutoring, finding out where the gaps are. When I talk about having your child evaluated, you want to make sure that the evaluation is extensive so you know exactly where the child is struggling. So, you know, is it processing? Is it memory? Is it short or long-term memory? Is it comprehension? Specifically, is impacting their ability to grasp the information? What area are they lagging in? And so, When you have them evaluated, you want to make sure that you have clear understanding of, again, what the area is and how it's impacting them. And those are all questions that when you have your student evaluated, the evaluators can answer. But you want to make sure that you have the questions in place so that you know what those things are that you need to be asking. I want to take a break to tell you about the Raising Sons Manual. 
This ebook style guide consists of conversation starters, guides, and exercises to assist you with navigating the same tough topics and conversations we discuss on this podcast in real time. If you or your child has been hesitant about therapy, or if you just need something tangible and practical to put into practice, this is the manual for you. I am offering a free sample to all listeners of the podcast. Click the link in the show notes to download. Those are important things to know, but I think the most important thing to know initially is if you have a feeling that something is not quite right with your child, that something is not quite on par with their ability to learn, that you one, sit with that, and then you seek out assistance to have your child evaluated. Now, you can have your child evaluated by the school system, or you can have your child evaluated outside of the school system. It just really depends on where you're located, but psychologists can evaluate for learning disabilities. And so making sure that you are finding out what's happening with your child. And sometimes there are long wait lists, unfortunately, but being consistent and making sure that you are persistent about finding out about what your child needs and getting that evaluation and waiting sometimes if necessary to have that evaluation completed so that you can better know how to service your child so they can be successful in school. And so once you've, you know, you've done that, you've pursued the evaluation, then you'll want to sit with your feelings around, you know, having a child with a learning disability and how you want to move forward. Now, my thing, I'm a believer in early intervention. So the earlier you know, the better. And so that you can begin to put things in place for them so that they can feel successful in school, right? Kids understand when they're struggling too. And so making sure that you're listening to them when they're telling you that things are difficult for them or, you know, they're doing everything they can and they're still struggling. So making sure that you're listening to them and they don't have to be 16 to do that. At eight, they can tell you that they're having a hard time. They don't understand why they're not grasping the material, why they're having to sit in class and they're you know, spending time with their teacher and they're still struggling. So making sure that you're listening to them, making sure that you are fully engaged in the process. I know it sounds like a lot and it is definitely can be, you know, a lot to get all of this done, but it is doable. I want to give you an example of raising a child with a learning disability and how this parent did this with so much grace. She is one of the parents that I truly commend and just kind of I don't know. She serves as an inspiration. I evaluated her son. He was in high school at the time, but she, you know, kind of gave us her backdrop, her story of how, you know, he kind of got to where he was. So her son didn't have a learning disability per se. He was on the autism spectrum. And so this mom had gotten him evaluated at three, right? She sensed that something wasn't quite right. And she had him evaluated. And then she, you know, of course, put him in school And he had extensive behavioral issues, right, that come along with a child being on the autism spectrum. And so what she did was, now this mom was not trained. She didn't come with a background about, you know, kids with autism or anything like that. She just studied her son and knew that she wanted the best for him. So she really is a good example of starting at the end from the beginning, right? So she took the time to really help you know, get those behaviors under control because her goal was to have him be in a general education classroom, meaning in a classroom with typically developing children. That was her goal early on. She was like, she didn't want him. She wanted him to be independent. She wanted him to be able to, you know, move around in the school environment without issue. So she began to give him replacement behaviors for some of the stemming that a lot of times you may see with autism spectrum disorder 
you know, people with autism spectrum disorder. So she gave him alternative replacement behaviors that were acceptable, what we call acceptable in society. And so, you know, tap his pen as a way to stem as opposed to twirling his hands or clapping or things like that. And so, you know, he would tap his pen or he would, you know, tap his foot. So, you know, she really worked diligently with him to get him in the general education classroom. She also made sure that she was aware of his strengths. So like he loved computers. That was a thing that could, you know, keep him engaged for several hours. So everything about his IEPs always had something to do with computers. You know, of course he had weaknesses, but she really focused on his strengths. She was still working on his weaknesses, but she really focused on his strengths. So everything that she did was geared towards his love for computers. And so by the time we were having our meeting in high school, when you have an IEP meeting, you know, a lot of times everybody, the professionals you know, involved in the testing and all of that come with a draft or an idea of, you know, how we can serve the student, what we should do. Well, <laughs> we had an idea, but she came to the meeting and she had figured it out. She knew what she wanted him to do, what classes he needed to have. I think he may have been at the time, he may have been like a sophomore. So she was like, you know, he's not going to just graduate and sit at home. She had a plan. And so she worked that plan. And so she is one of those parents that, again, really has inspired me. Now, this was years ago, but I still think about her story because, again, she wasn't highly educated. She didn't have a background in dealing with children with autism. What she did know was she loved her son. She wanted the best for him. She wanted him to be independent. She wanted him to function normally in society, you know, as normally as he could. She didn't want him sitting at home and she had a plan for him. She started again at the end from the beginning, knowing the fact that he has a disability will not be a limitation. It may limit some of the things that he can do, but it's not going to be limiting him and him being, you know, independent or successful. And so again, It took a lot of work to get him to where he was at the time that we were evaluating him, but she did that. She worked that plan. And yeah, so he was, you know, he navigated the school. And when I say he navigated the school, it was in an urban area. It was a little hard. And so for him to be able to manage and to move from classes and the kids knew him and they loved him, it was just so inspiring to see that, you know, the work that this mom had put in to get her son to where he is. So I hope this serves as some type of inspiration to you if you have a child with a learning disability or maybe even autism or ADHD, that yes, it's going to be like having multiple jobs. But if you start with the end in mind, it can be, you know, a beautiful story. So, you know, just want to keep you as a parent encouraged that you can do this. You serve as the teacher for your child. And so giving them all of the necessary resources is going to be important. And, you know, making sure that you know where you stand with this and how you can better help your child. All right. Well, that was another episode of the Raising Sons podcast. If you like this episode, please share and subscribe. Tell all your friends about it. Until next time.